and welcome back to another episode of Bronish. I'm Brooklyn Beatty. And I'm Josh Williams. And how's it going, Josh? Oh, you know, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We get to record our podcast today. I, it's always exciting when we get to sit down and do another episode, but I can't get over just how beautiful it is outside. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe how much snow we had just a couple of weeks ago. And now I feel like we're spring living. Spring living. I, but you know what? We're living in a full spring. I know I sent you this the other day, the 12 seasons that we have here in Indiana. And we are in the fool's spring right now. I know. Then what? It's like the second winter. Yeah, second winter is coming this week. Don't say that. Knock on wood. I can't help it. It's going to snow. I'm just going to cry, though, if we end up with, like, actual inches of snow again. I don't want to deal with that. It's. I was going to say it's almost April. That's a little bit of a force. It's only March 15th today, but... I, I can't help but say if we have snow this week, I'm crushed. I'm going into hibernation <sighs> until... We uh, awaken to actual springtime. Well, and speaking of hibernation, so the past couple of weeks, we were actually quarantined together, as we mentioned <laughs> on our podcast. We're finally back in the studio recording a podcast episode. It the feels way, good. It does feel, I was going to say, the way I want to record it. This is my favorite. Where we're sitting, we got the mics in front of us, we got the studio setting. I mean, it, it just feels right. Don't get me wrong. We were doing well. We did. We made it work Right. being quarantined. I mean, I did two full shows every single day in my bedroom. With a little iPad and a microphone. I made it work. We made it work with a podcast, but hey, it's maybe, so much it's so much better to be back. Maybe Brooklyn will post the uh, picture on our, our Grownish Facebook page of uh, what her setup was like during quarantine. Because that was it was it was a cool setup, man. I mean, it would be a surprise. And for the folks who don't understand how radio works, you know, behind the scenes, it would be an eye opening vantage point for you to see how Brooklyn gets to join a morning show live. When she isn't in the studio. Well, and it's funny, too, because my apartment, I'm not going to lie, I live definitely like a mid-20-something person would. (laughs) So I don't have a lot of furniture to begin with. But then I didn't have, like, a desk in my apartment. So what we did was we carried my dining room table and one of my chairs from my living room, like a big comfy chair, and set them up in my bedroom. Oh, no way. So we made it work, though. That is unbelievable. Yeah. I can't wait for them to see this picture. It's going to be good. I did post it on my other page at Radio Brooklyn if you want to check it out there, but I'll put it on Gordish as well. Anyway, we have a lot to cover during today's episode. Lots of segments. We decided today we're going to break it up in segments. And so that way you can kind of know what to expect. So we're going to do the good news first. Then we're going to do stuff you should know. Those are both segments we've talked about doing in the past. We've done it a little bit, but we want to get better about bringing it back at least every other episode, or if not every episode. Yeah, you're getting to hear your hosts become grownish, literally in front of you. We're growing up, people. In front of you. So then after that, it's actually March, so it's Women's History Month. So we thought every single episode for the rest of March, we're going to highlight someone in women's history that we find interesting. Do you want to tell them who your lady of history is today? Um, yeah, I'm not going to give anything away. Her name right. is Nellie Bly. She's a journalist. I thought she was super fascinating since I was a kid. So I wanted to focus on her. What about you? Mine's uh, Betty Ford, uh, the former first lady to um, Gerald Ford when mm-hmm. he was president from 1974, I think, till like uh, 1977 it was. Um, but we're, we're going to talk a lot about what she had. Um, she had an impact that's far reaching than anyone could ever imagine. So lots to talk about with that. Well, good. And then, look, we got two more Mondays after this. So I figured, why not take advantage? We'll each highlight someone new those Mondays as well. So you'll have that to look forward to in I'm our excited. upcoming episodes. That's excited. Yeah, and then we're going to wrap it up today talking about something on TikTok that I find just absolutely fascinating. And it's actually really <laughs> embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't even. I can't even believe I admitted it to Josh because it's been kind of my little secret But now I'm willing to admit it to the world. All right. This is going to be exciting. And I had to literally almost 
pull her up by her feet and say, please, will you do this? Will you just talk about this on the podcast? I'll talk about it. It's I will. finally happening. All right. So I guess you want to just go right into good news? Let's do it. All you right. want to start first? I'll go first. Um, so this story I actually just stumbled across not that long ago. And I had shared it on my personal Facebook page, but I thought it would be great to bring to the podcast. You know, when you're taking tests and you usually have an extra credit question at the end of the test, that, yeah. you know, if in case in case you need a little couple extra points or whatever. Well, this kid, this happened in Kentucky and the teacher actually posted it on their Facebook page and it went viral. The teacher, his name's Winston Lee. He's a teacher at Letcher County Central High School in Kentucky He was picking up exams. He had passed out exams for World War II to his 11th grade class. And he noticed one of the one of the students had put a little asterisk at the bottom of his um, exam Uh that basically said, if you could, could you give my bonus points to whoever scores the lowest? No way. Yes. Which I've never heard of any student doing ever. I mean, like, you know, we've been through school. I've never given even never even thought about giving a kid my extra points. Not gonna lie, usually I needed those extra points, so I was happy when there was a bonus point, a bonus question, and I knew the answer. I was like, "Oh yeah, I need that." Um, but yeah, so the the teacher said that he was really taken aback by the student's request, um, basically because he said, just like I said, usually students are clinging to every extra point that they can get, right? Well, then turns out he decided to give a student the points. This changed that student's grade from a failing to a passing grade simply because they got those extra points from that other student. So this this student would have failed. Wow. If they wouldn't have gotten those extra bonus points. Teamwork makes a dream work. Huh? Yeah. And the student that gave the points away, they still had a 94 on the test. So they uh-huh. did great. They didn't really need the extra bonus points. It would have probably made it from an A to an A plus. But they thought, hey, I already have an A. That's outstanding. Isn't that awesome? That, that really kid deserves makes me... a round of applause. Round of applause for, for real. That's, That's amazing. So shout out to them. All right, we're going to take this one to Canada, okay? Canada Post is giving free pay, prepaid postcards to every Canadian household to help citizens stay connected during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, they will approximately deliver 13.5 million postcards to every residential address in the country. Recipients now will be able to send their postcards to anybody that they want anywhere in Canada for free. The Postal Service in Ireland has also done something similar, helping their citizens stay connected with free postcards during these difficult times. And in January, Ann Post, which is the Ireland uh, uh, Postal Service, delivered prepaid postcards to homes, homeless hubs, nursing care homes, and prisons nationwide. The president and CEO of Canada Post says meaningful connection is vital for our emotional health, sense of community, and overall well-being. And Canada Post wants everyone to be safe, but also wants everyone to stay in touch with people who matter to them. That is amazing. 13.5 million postcards are going to be delivered. Aww. That's outstanding, right? Yeah, that's something that doesn't even seem like it would be that hard to like make happen. I mean, postcards are usually pretty cheap, right? easy right. to send. Not that hard to make happen, but it's definitely making an impact. You just have to think, what came about to make that thought come into a reality there? Like, who? I mean, I understand, you know... Canada Post is probably over there scheming, but like, how come we haven't seen anything like that here in the States yet? Because I think that 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 would be amazing, That's right? That's so cute. I know. And especially that kind of almost a revampment for the Postal Service that got shut down right, right back in the, the wintertime. So, I mean, 
Think about how cool that would be to come back in the flash and have a free postcard for every American out here to send to somebody. And you know what? Maybe I'm old school, but I mean, in today's day and age, it's so easy to just text someone, call someone, hit them up on social media. But getting a physical letter or a postcard for someone just feels like different. It feels more deep and meaningful because that person took the time out of their day to send you a postcard. Um, you know, we, we obviously are getting bills now. I mean, we're in the grownish days of our adulthood right. where bills are flying in. But uh, doesn't it feel good to see one of those handwritten envelopes with your name and yeah. address and then maybe one of those uh, stamps up on it's top of it? It's fun mail versus yes. bills. Because usually like, the only ooh. thing that comes in the mail for me are coupons and bills these days. So to know can- Canadians up there are getting to experience that, that warms my heart. Me too. All right, my next story. This one I just stumbled across earlier today, and I thought it was the coolest story I have heard in a long time. So the mom's name, her name is Jenna Roman of Vancouver, British Columbia. She created a GoFundMe recently because her son loved waffles that got discontinued. But here's the catch. He has autism and actually has had issues um, eating in Uh the past. Um, She basically describes it with, He's had struggle or he struggled eating since he was eight months old. They've had so many different feeding therapists, but he regresses when he's sick and they have to start all over again. He basically refuses to eat anything except waffles, specifically Nature's Path maple cinnamon waffles. That's the only thing that he can usually eat and not get sick from. Right. Well, then here's the unfortunate part. He's eight years old. They discontinue the product. Uh So his mom was kind of like, what are we going to do now? Because he's had trouble eating. This is the one thing that he can stomach. He loves it to death. He does have autism, so he's going to have a hard time understanding, you know, what, what's actually why he can't get those waffles anymore. So she created this GoFundMe to reach out to people and kind of beg them, hey, if you see these waffles, please send them to me. She was trying to collect them from all over the country, wherever they, they could find them. Oh so before gosh. long, the company, Nature's Path, they heard about this. And basically, they decided to track down any available waffles remaining in the stores. So it says they did a search search across North America. They found eight remaining cases in their freezer warehouse in Illinois, and they all sent them to him. But it gets even better. They question then, what is Jericho going to do when he runs out of the eight cases? They created a team to modify the waffle recipe in a way that they could give him the recipe, give it to his mom, and all the ingredients in this recipe they could find at a local store. Because the big problem was these waffles being created in the factory, a lot of the ingredients aren't necessarily things you can find on store shelves, right? Wow. Right? Wow. They, it took them a month to develop the new recipe, but it tastes exactly like the recipe found in the store. And now he has it and they can make them for the rest of his life. That so is cool. freaking amazing. I know. It gives shout me chills. Shout out to them. So shout wow. out to Nature's Path. It's a Canadian wow. company. And you know what? They they did run out of business. They stopped creating the waffles. But the fact that they did that just speaks volumes. It's like, you know, the last thing that they did as a business, right, in that sense, was, was to help. changed his life. Right. I mean, come on. And it shows the power of social media, too. Because think, all that all his mom did was go online and say, hey, my kid needs help. He can't eat anything but this. What do we do? And it created a whole team to create these waffles, a whole new recipe. I love humanity. Me too. Because that right there, that was so beautiful. Right. Wow. That is some good news of the day for sure. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to keep the warm session going here. We're going to talk about a part-time janitor in Miami who's cooked about 1,000 meals a week for the hungry since the start of the pandemic. We're going to talk about Dormis Moru. Now, Moru is a six-year-old widow who works part-time as a janitor at a technical school. She walks and takes the bus to work. But uh, her work of her heart is feeding the hungry.
Every Thursday and Friday, Maru borrows her church's truck to buy groceries. Notre Dame de Haiti Catholic Church pays for the food, relying on strictly donations. Maru then prepares the meals single-handedly while the church volunteers serve and deliver them to people in need. Until recently, Maru has done it all without a car. Last week, Maru was surprised with a new, brand spanking new, Toyota Corolla from community leaders. Now, she says that uh, she's fueled by faith to make all this happen. She goes, I can keep all the money for myself and never give anyone a penny. But if you give from your heart and never think about yourself, God will provide you every day. The refrigerator will never be without food. That's amazing. Absolutely. Wow. Dormis Maru. Round of applause for you, girl. Another round of applause. That is beautiful. It kind of reminds me of a quote I saw the other day. It says, if you have everything you need, build a longer table and not a higher fence. It's just beautiful. That woman is building a longer table every day. It's huge. Huge, wow. Huge. Okay. Well, that was all really great news. I'm in a good mood. I don't I'm know in a good you. mood. We're starting this off on the right foot. We really are. So is that all the stories you have? That's all I've got today. So what I'm thinking is we take a quick break, come back in with stuff you should know. Boom. Okay. Stay with us. Welcome back to Grownish. We're going to jump into the stuff that you should know. Mm-hmm. And Brooklyn and I have compiled about three, I think, three topic points yes, that we're going to talk about here. And uh, Brooklyn started last time on the first. I'm going to start this time. And uh, this was a cool fact, all right? You should sleep with your door closed. Why I know that? you and I kind of have some differing opinions on that. But sleeping with your door closed will help protect you from smoke and toxin fumes in the event of a fire. That's interesting to me, and I actually have heard that before. My one concern is, then what if you get stuck in your room? Window, right? Unless you have right. a windowless room. That's true. Which, I mean, most bedrooms aren't windowless now. That's true. Right? I don't know why I'm worrying about that. That's no, actually no. accurate. Though. You know what, though? And, and spe- <laughs> Grownish people. Um, <laughs> and I also have heard, though, too, say you feel like that there's a fire and your door is shut. Yeah. You can usually tell if there's fire on the other side of the door by the, the handle. So if you kind of like hot, bump right? the handle, if it, it's hot. You know where I learned that from? Fire safety class? Backdraft. What is that? That's a movie with, uh, and, and the older folks out here will understand. That movie, though, is uh, one of my favorites. It's got um, Kurt. Uh, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. Okay. How did you know You that? know what? I just heard the name Kurt, and I thought, who's famous with the last name? Kurt or with Russell. Name Kurt. Yeah, that's a great movie. There we go. Great movie. Okay. Okay, that's a good fact. Mine is more of a little bit of a story, but it's a story that I feel like people should know because it's wild, okay? There's a girl that lives in New York City, and she lives in an apartment, and she's been feeling a draft in this apartment for quite some time, and she was trying to figure out where the draft was coming from. So she did a little investigating. I've heard this. She went into her bathroom. It's terrifying. This is scary. She went into her bathroom, and she could feel the draft coming from her bathroom. She pulls the mirror, the vanity, off the wall in her bathroom. There is a giant hole in the wall in her bathroom, so her vanity was covering it. And where does it lead? To an entirely new apartment. Nope. Nope. That's scary. Well, here she is. She was way braver than I would ever have been. I would have called the apartment complex and complained right away. 
Instead, she decides to make a six-part video series on TikTok of her exploring this hole. She puts on a little, like, headlamp, flashlight, or whatever. She gets something to protect herself. Um, she has a hammer. That's what she is. She carries a hammer with her. She's got her phone. She did have a friend staying on the other side, so in case anything happened, the friend knew what happened to her. And she explores. She finds out it's an abandoned apartment, but the problem is it doesn't look quite abandoned because there was an open water bottle in there and some trash. Well, then she finds the front door to this abandoned apartment. It's unlocked. So really, really, when you break it down and you think about it, someone could have come into the abandoned apartment, and if they would have discovered that there was a hole that led to someone else's apartment, theoretically, someone could have climbed into her apartment through her bathroom. That would not have been good. So the moral of the story and why I feel like this fits and stuff you should know is if you feel a draft, if you live in an apartment or anywhere, I guess, and you feel a draft, investigate where it's coming from because there could be a secret portal in your apartment. Check behind your mirrors, folks. Yeah, but moral of the story, she's okay. She did report it to her apartment a complex. They're doing like a investigation in it to make sure she's fine, but everything's been taken care of. That was wild. And uh, if you haven't seen the TikTok videos of that three-part series, definitely do. Yeah, um, her name is uh, Samantha Hartso, if you're looking for. All right, here we go. Sleeping in the cold room can help you slim down, folks. That's Ooh. a fact, Jack. Just in a single month of sleeping in a 66-degree room helped increase subjects' fat-burning ability as much as 10%. And that comes from a, a research from Commonwealth University. Incredible stuff there. I want to know how much. I mean, they said 10%, but I'm, I'm thinking like pounds-wise or whatever. Are these people also working out? Are they eating healthy food? Because if all it takes is for me to um, turn on my air conditioning while I sleep, I'm game. Well, th- this is the thing, too, Brooklyn. So they say that the humans have several types of fat, okay? While fat stores extra energy, too much white fat, a characteristic of obesity, right, increases the risk of type 2 diabetes. We already know that. But there's a thing called brown fat, in contrast, burns chemical energy to help create heat and help maintain body temperature. Now, researchers have previously shown that in a response to cold, white fat cells in both animals and human take on characteristics of brown fat cells. So the brown fat cells that we're burning off when we're getting all energized up or exercising actually gets activated. They activate the white cells in that cold. That's crazy. Yeah, so 66 degrees are colder. Hmm. Sounds like I'm going to be turning down my my heat at night. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting there, um, I guess, just fermenting, right? That's inspirational. <laughs> well, there's you go. So, hey, Weight loss sleep tip in of the day. room. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, mine is totally, like, completely 180. But we watched the show Queen's Gambit. And I don't think we've ever talked about it on the podcast. But I've got to say, hands down, one of the best shows I've seen in a very long time. Okay. We watched it. It was great. I loved it. I loved every moment. And the thing is, if you haven't seen it, it's all about this chess prodigy of a girl and basically her struggles with life, finding who she is and basically becoming the best chess player in the world. Well, I don't even like, I've never even, I can't even say I don't like chess. It's not that. I've never been taught to play. So I knew nothing about chess. Hands down, I still loved this show so much. Well, I just found out it's being turned into a musical. They're going to have a Queen's Gambit the musical. And honestly, I don't know if this is going to be good or bad or what, but I thought I would mention it because if you did like the Queen's Gambit and you're kind of looking for more of it, there's not really much talk about it turning into a second season, but it is going to be a musical. And also, this show is so good. This is just a fun fact. Did you know in its first month, it had 62 million households that watched it on Netflix? What? Mm -hmm. That is an impressive number. So... 
that only improves the fact that this musical, you know, aspect here probably should have some some strong viewpoints. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't make or break it because you know sometimes. Do you think it will? I don't know because I feel like some shows and some movies they make a second one and you're kind of like they should have stopped at the first. And this show was a uh, like a, a short series or whatever they want to call it. Um, so we kind of knew going in that those, I think it was seven or eight episodes. We knew that it was kind of going to be it unless for some reason they got renewed and we're going to make a whole new season about a whole Which, new. Hey, she said she won't rule out the possibility. She's not never ruling say it never. out. Never say never. Right. But they also haven't said they're going to do it true, yet. True. But I, I don't know if they should. I, I really don't know. Stay on there. I know. Outside. Yeah. Okay. I really don't know if they should though. That's the moral of the story. I feel like it kind of had a good ending. It wrapped it up, but Musical, it could be bad, it could be good. Either way, I think I'm going to watch it. I love it. Okay, I'm going to do another 180 spin here. Tomato juice won't fix you from getting skunked, okay? I know you've Excuse heard of me? Pepe Le Pew coming around, a little skunk that lifts up his tail and sprays you with a little spray spray, and that spray stays around. Remember? All right, so one of the things that we were talking about that we were afraid of uh, as kids that we think we'd have a whole bunch of run-ins with all right, you said quicksand was yours? Oh, yeah. Mine was skunks. I thought we were going to have to fend for the wolves from all these skunks out there. As a child, they literally make it seem like skunks are going to be around every corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're going to get skunked all the time. Have you? Do you even know anyone who's been skunked? Yeah. Okay, I don't. Yeah. I do but not. I've never actually, I never smelt it. Uh, it's always, it was been after the fact, so it's not like I got to experience right. why the guy skunked. Well, and they always said, soak in a bath of tomato juice. Right. Well, that's false. And instead of dousing yourself in V8, make a mixture of dish soap, peroxide, and baking soda. Um, the skunk spray is an oil, all right? So, yeah, you, you understand that, which your grease-fighting dish soap will take care of, all right? Peroxide and baking soda will add plenty of the oxygen to mix to help get rid of the smell. That's you need crazy. Get in there and rip out that. So now I feel like I'm nervous. Like, oh my gosh, what happens when I get skunked? But yet we're bringing it back to the fact that, knock on wood, I'm probably never going to get skunked. <laughs> Dish soap, peroxide, and baking soda are the three ingredients that you need to get unskunked after having a run in with Pepe Le Pew. I feel like I've been lied to. <laughs> well, yeah. But the tomato juice. Same with the quicksand thing. I was going on a rant on TikTok about that because in all the cartoons and shows, it made it seem like quicksand was going to be a problem everywhere we went, didn't it? I made it seem like you're. If you fall in it, don't worry. Just hold still. You'll rise to the top. Where are we finding this quicksand? Because it's not in our countries. It's probably in some other remote country like yeah. South America, right? There's probably a lot of quicksand down there. I don't know, but I, I feel jungle. betrayed. By in Brooklyn, where would you find the Amazon jungle? Africa. See, and that's one of those things. Stuff you should know, folks. I wasn't trying to put you on blast there, but is it in Africa? The stuff that you should know. The Amazon jungle, folks, is in South. America. That's embarrassing. Across the world. You put me on blast. The Congo. The Congo <laughs> jungle is in Africa. All right. Well. That's the finale of stuff you should know. You know what's really sad? <laughs> you know what's really sad? Is I'm pretty sure you've told me that fact before and I still got it wrong. I just wanted to make sure. You know who taught me that? Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Yep. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Okay. I have one more. I have one it. more thing Go you should it. know. And this one is a doozy. Oh, is it? You said They're, the best for last. Huh? I did say the best for last. Well, bring it on me. They are creating a space hotel. Get out of here. My eyes are watering. I'm door. scared. I'm shaking. I'm quivering. I don't want any part of this. I've already asked Brooklyn how much it will take her to go stay a night. Never. Okay. <laughs> um, so basically, 
They're expecting it to be complete. No, you know what? I'm lying. They're expecting it to start being created in 2025, I believe. Um, It's coming with, here's the thing. Now envision this. It's going to be a big circle connected by pods. Like literally every room is a pod and it's like a wheel almost floating in space. It's got room for 400 people on it. It's going to have restaurants, a cinema, and a spa. And they're describing it as basically all of the features that you would find on a cruise ship. Wow. So it's a cruise ship in space. Um, There's no details right now really on the cost to build it um, or the cost of spending a night on it yet. I feel like it's going to be a lot. But I I read somewhere where they're hoping that someday this is just as considered as a vacation getaway as taking a trip to Miami. There's like, so many hey, questions. we should go to space. So many questions. And you know what? They're even leaving some space for, you know, NASA to have some science scientific research pods in the um in the in the wheel right. hotel. Right. They're also leaving a couple spaces to maybe sell to people who have a, a lot of money to maybe have like a semi permanent getaway home. In space. This is wild. This is wild. We are living, I say this all the time, we're living in the future, but we are living in the future. And this also is interesting. If this does happen, which, you know, we're still far enough out that who knows what could happen in the next few years with this. But if it does, this will be the largest human created object ever put into space. Wow. So it will be record breaking. But yeah, the space hotel, I, I personally don't think that I'm ever meant to leave the earth. Um, I don't even like flying on planes. There's just so many questions about this. Okay, what's your questions? First and foremost, I, there's going to have to be restrictions and, and stipulations on who and, and what can go up. Oh, I'm sure. Right? So, no pregnant women, right? I mean, I'm assuming. You can't be pregnant up there. No. I mean, can you imagine being born in space? That's the other thing. Like, how are you? You, you, you just have to ban that right off well, the bat. Well, and you know what? Uh, actually, this kind of brought up this. I read it. Um, I just forgot to bring it up earlier. The way, the reason they're making it a wheel uh-huh. is because of the gravitational pull. Yeah. Because if people spend too much time up there without the rotation like that, it will actually disintegrate their bodies. So the way they have to make it that wheel, so it kind of like imitates how gravity would be on Earth. It's wild. Absolutely. I encourage you if you've ever seen Interstellar. Um, it's a movie. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It, it has a premise of exploration and space exploration well past mars into you know wormholes and things like that mm-hmm. or black holes and um you know one of the things that kind of showed was why the rotation is needed in there and it does it simulates you, you your head on it simulates what we have here on earth we that's why we're spinning around constantly right it keeps us here if we stop spinning <laughs> we'll just be floating <laughs> <We're around. screwed. laughs> yeah we'll just be floating around Can you imagine though if, if for whatever reason the uh spinny uh motor in the uh, space hotel stops working see that's why i'm just trying to stay on earth and everybody's just going to float to the top cream I just rises feel like to the top eh maybe i'm maybe i'm just a, a scaredy cat i don't know but i just feel like this is too new of a development for me to be like <laughs> yep yeah, catch me on the first flight i'm going to this hotel no thanks yeah and no one's gonna ha- i mean we don't have that million dollar ticket either but there's some brave people out there and i'm sure for that four 400 people capacity it's going to be 400 people. When this happens, there are enough people out there with the money and the guts. It's going to be a thing. One thing I'm afraid of, and I'm just going to tell you this right now, not to be morbid. I'm worried about the mortality rate of when we start sending all these ships up there, right? Because oh, yeah. I mean, think about it. If we're sending, we can only put how many people in one spaceship at this time? Four, five, six, eight. They're going to have to create a bigger rocket. 
Exactly. So think about that. So now you're putting more bodies on a spaceship that already, and think about it, we're only 30 years and not even 30. <laughs> Get this. It was like 2003 when we lost the Challenger or a Discovery mm-hmm. when it came back, or Columbia. It was Columbia. We lost Columbia. 2003 on re-entry. It's only that, 2021. That's what I'm saying. That's so, I mean, scary. It is very scary. And that was almost the reason why NASA went away from it. We couldn't prove that we could create a sustainable rocket that would re-enter, take off, and would not kill our astronauts. So, I mean, think about what we're worrying about now. I That is that's a steep timetable four years away. To, <laughs> I, I read know. one time, or it was some quote in a movie or something, it said... Fish are meant to swim, birds are meant to fly, and I'm meant to stay on the ground. And it has stuck with me, you know. But I'm imagining, like, say this does become right. successful. Say we have a great chance of, like, it's it's safe. It's deemed safe, yeah. you know, and people aren't dying. And Imagine a rocket, but a commercial flight rocket. So it would be like an airplane, fully stocked. We've got, you know, um passing out peanuts and, yeah. and, and pop halfway through the trip because, you know, you're you're on the flight. Just imagine all these people loading up, getting in a rocket, and going out to a space hotel. Well, think about the ride. The ride actually out to space would be approximately, what, 17 minutes. That's how fast it would take you to lift off, hit the orbit, and be in the stratosphere. No, I, I know. I, I mean, I, absolutely. That's terrifying to me. <laughs> that's absolutely terrifying. But that's how quick. So it's like. A commercial so, we, we literally could dedicate an entire episode to this, but I I, I don't know, man. I that know. Was, we should probably. We should, moly. I went down a path down with that one, but hey, that's if that's not that the stuff you should topic. know, I don't know what is. That but was great. Thank you. Good job on that. All right. Well, stay with us because coming up next, we're going to do our Women's History Month segment. And we each, like we said in the beginning, we each have a person to highlight someone we find really cool, worth talking about. Stay with us. Welcome back to Grownish. It's time to talk about women's history because, like I said, we both have a person we want to highlight today. And International Women's Day was just uh, last week, right? Last Monday. Last Monday. Absolutely. I will go ahead and start then. And my person for the day is Nellie Bly. Wow. I got to tell you, I don't know that much about Nellie Bly before we begin this. I will be honest. I'm excited. I heard about her a long time ago, and I... It was kind of one of those things. Do you ever have those moments where something comes back to you and you're like, wow, I remember that, but I don't even remember where I learned this and why I forgot it. Like it all kind of just comes back. And when we were talking about people we want to highlight, I kind of had this thought in my mind of there was that one girl I learned about forever ago that really fascinated me. So I did some research. She's actually way cooler than I even remembered her being. So let me break it down for you. Her name is Nellie Bly. Um, basically she's known for in 1887, she stormed into the office of the New York world. It was one of the leading newspapers in the country at this time. She was not a journalist, but she was tired of seeing it mostly being a male profession. And she wanted to be that woman to come in and highlight something. First, she pitched wanting to write a story on the immigrant experience in the United States. The editor actually declined her story, but he did challenge her to do something else. And he said, Hey, if you do this, then you can have a spot in the newspaper, right? He challenged her to investigate one of New York's most notorious mental hospitals. 
So this mental hospital had some kind of talk around it saying they're not really treating their people right. There wasn't actual proof of it, but everyone kind of knew that something was going on in this mental hospital that shouldn't be. So instead of doing what, you know, the average journalist would do, and that would be, you know, going to the hospital, seeing if you can get interviews, talking to patients who have maybe lived there, don't live there anymore. No, she actually feigned having a mental illness, which I will say in this day and age, don't do that. But it was 1887, so times were a little bit different. She feigned having a mental illness, and she gained admission to the mental hospital and stayed there for 10 days. So this is a really brave person already because, I mean, for someone to be like, you know what, I know they're treating people wrong, but instead of just reporting on the outside, I'm going to get some inside scoop. She went in and exposed how people are being treated by being treated that way herself and getting to know those patients on a firsthand basis by them thinking, hey, you're a patient here, too. Let me tell you my story. Right. So she exposed it from the outside in. And basically because of that, she cemented her legacy as one of the most crazy, most well-known female journalists in history. Um and if you do want to read this, which I would love to, I didn't even know what this was called before. It got printed and it's called 10 Days in a Madhouse. That's what she wrote. That was her article in the New York World. Um, and it was a six-part series that was published. So, again, if you want to check it out and see what she lived through, the kind of situations that she unveiled from that mental hospital. Again, 10 Days in a Madhouse. But this isn't even where... Her story ends. No way. She's actually credited with being the person who developed the practice that's now called investigative journalism. She was the first person to really do something like that, immerse herself. Yeah. And because of that, it just wasn't a thing. And so not only was, you know, she a woman kind of coming into a man's world in journalism, it really wasn't a woman's world back then. She did something new that no one had ever seen before. But then on top of that... Her career reached new heights when she decided to travel around the world after reading the book Around the World in 80 Days. Get this. Her trip took 72. Get out of here. She read a book Around the World in 80 Days and said, I want to do that. And she did it in eight days less time. This is a girl with a can-do attitude, huh? She held the world record for a few months and then someone beat her. And I don't know who that was in the amount of days, but she is awesome. Nellie Bly. What an inspiration. That's so inspirational. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Nellie so Bly. She will always be, I mean, coming from someone who works in news, I love the media. I love journalism. That is that is something to look up to and strive for. I often wonder, too, aside from her experience inside the, the mental hospital there, I wonder if she was able to circle back around and actually write on that immigration experience. I don't know. That's actually a really good question. Because, because if you think about that time, 1887, I mean, that's at the height of immigration from folks coming over from Europe. I mean, you look at Ireland and, and Italy, all of those folks coming over here to New York. That would have been an experience as well. So I can only hope that the legendary Nellie Bly got to experience that right there and write about I'll that. have to look into it because Absolutely. that's, a, you know, cementing herself as one of the best female journalists in history, you'd hope that after doing that, she could write about whatever she wanted to write about. And especially, too, that she uh, she seems like a goal-oriented girl, and she, I don't think she was going to let that one go. She read the book and then beat the beat record. Beat the record. <laughs> I know, so <laughs> shout gosh, out to her. That is outstanding. All right, so we're going to continue on here. Uh, my lady that I'm going to bring into uh, focus here is Betty Ford. Now, she was a former first lady from 1974 to 1977. And throughout her husband's term in office, Ford was noted for raising breast cancer awareness following her 1974 mastectomy. Um, she was, uh, in addition to that, she was a passionate supporter of equal rights 
um, Amendment, known as the ERA. And as a supporter of abortion rights and a leader in the women's rights movement, she gained fame as one of the most candid first ladies in history, commenting on almost every hot-button issue of the time, including feminism, equal pay, the Equal Rights Amendment, sex, drugs, abortion, and gun control. She also helped raise awareness of addiction when she, in the 1970s, announced her long-running battle with alcoholism and substance abuse, being the first First Lady to ever do so. Um, And and following her years in the White House, uh, she continued to lobby for the ERA and remained active in the feminist movement. And she was a uh, founder and served as the first chair of board of directors of the Betty Ford Center for Substance Abuse and Addiction. And... um, some reporters wondered what kind of first lady that uh, she would be. And you have to think what president came before Gerald Ford, and that was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon had to resign the office of presidency because of the Watergate scandal. And without going too much into there, it was a bunch of lies. Right. And, and at that point in time, America had such a distrust and disdain for the office of presidency. But the former first lady that was Pat Nixon she was reported to be one of the most disciplined, composed first lady in history, which, uh, if you think about it, this this uh, Betty Ford coming in office here, uh, she changed the game, okay? In the opinion of the New York Times, um, Mrs. Ford's impact on American culture may be far wider or and more lasting than her, that of her husband. Wow. And, right? Right? The New York Times is saying this. That's amazing. Her husband was only in office for 896 days. But Steinhauer of the New York Times described Ford as a product and symbol of cultural and political times. She was doing the bump dance along the corridors of the White House, donning a moon ring, um, chatting on her CB radio with the handle First Mama. She was a housewife who argued passionately for equal rights for women, a mother of four who mused about drugs, abortion, and premarital sex allowed without regret. And one of my favorite things is she was open about the benefits of psychiatric treatment. She spoke uncandidly and understandingly about marijuana use. She was a first lady. uh, Get this. All right. So she takes over as first lady in 1974. All right. They're doing a tour of the White House. And uh, she's talking about how uh, how her and Gerald Ford share the same bed together, which at that time, 1974. Think about it. People, this is the I Love Lucy height, right? So people are still sleeping couples in different beds. But here you are, the president and first lady. She was radical. Switching things (laughs) up. And uh, she discussed also how she would counsel her daughter in an interview with 60 Minutes if she were having an affair. Wow. She said that she would not be surprised by that and acknowledged that her children may have experimented with marijuana. These things uh, she brought up, but I think one of her most founding achievements here is something that all women can relate to. Um, And it was in September 28, 1974, after she um, became first lady, she went uh, under a mastectomy. um, And she decided to open up her about her illness because there was so much cover up during the Watergate scandal that she wanted to be sure there would be no cover up in the Ford administration. Now, adding to the heightened public awareness of breast cancer were reports that several weeks after Ford's cancer surgery, Happy Rockefeller, the wife of Vice President Nelson Rockefeller, also had a mastectomy. And the spike in women self-examining after Ford went public about her diagnosis uh, led to an increase in reported cases of breast cancer. This is a phenomenon known as the Betty Ford blip. Okay, that is phenomenal. 
The Betty Ford blip. It kind of goes back to what we talked about a few months ago with the mental health. The more you talk about it, the more people are willing to share their stories and learn from each other. She was brave enough to come out there and say that. And look, people were getting diagnosed earlier. Saving lives, literally (laughs) saving lives. This uh, first lady was transcendent. And obviously, um, you know, after she served as first lady, 1982, she goes into Betty Ford Clinic for addiction. Okay, so this happens after, you know, she's Mm -hmm. in office there. Um, but she becomes the, the the founder of it and the, the director of boards there. She was awarded the Congressional Gold Medal um, by Bill Clinton in 1998. It was a co-presentation with her husband and President Bill Clinton at the time. So both of them got to award the Congressional Gold Medal to Betty That's Ford. amazing. She was also awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by George H.W. Bush in 1991 for her actions. And dare I say, as I wrap this up, I don't think we've ever had a first lady be more involved in a shorter amount of time with the American public and who have shaped the game. We all want to talk about Jackie Kennedy, right? And how she was the lady of the White House Mm -hmm. and Michelle Obama. I was thinking of Michelle. Being the grace. But think about it. And Michelle Obama might come the closest to it. I will say, Michelle, regardless of what your political opinions are, yeah. Michelle really took charge and said, look, I have a good platform. I'm going to use it. But I don't think anyone beats Betty Ford. No, that was, I mean. That it, woman should have run for president herself. You know what? It's a shame that she didn't. I know. That's incredible. Shout out to Betty Ford. Shout out to Nellie Bly. Two really strong, powerful women. And shout out to all the women out there. As we were on last week, but shout out to all the women on International Women's Day. Yes. And Internet and, and Women's Month here, right? This is going to be exciting. I can't wait for the next three episodes for us to... I know. We're going to have a lot of good highlights. Yes. Okay. Well, with that being said, I think it's time for another break. We're going to come back and talk about what I teased before. I have something to admit. It's about TikTok, and it's uh, pretty embarrassing. Stay with us. <laughs> Welcome back to the last segment of the episode, talking about TikTok. All right. To break it down for you, I love TikTok. I feel like we talk about TikTok all the time on here. It's no secret. My favorite pastime is when I'm right before I'm going to bed and I'm just settling down. And, you know, I need to lay on my phone for a little bit before I fall asleep. That's just always how I've been. I just like to watch TikToks right before I fall asleep. And Does it tire you out? It does. It makes yeah. it just kind of like calms. It's almost like how some people like to watch TV before bed. Right. I've never had a TV in my bedroom. Okay. Just never have. And so instead of TV, I'll watch a few TikToks. Well, there's one specific brand of TikTok that I find so fascinating. And I told Josh about this one day and he wants to bring it up here and I'm going to let it happen. But it's always been it's been a little bit of a secret for yeah, me. This is a phenomenal uh, this is a phenomenon. It's guys. a whole world. Uh, it's, it's a thing called unboxing TikTok. And, and it sounds exactly what it is. And, and we're not trying to uncover what TikTok is. No, literally, people will box stuff up. No, they go buy things prepackaged. Hold up. Hold the phone. I, I, I thought that was the thing. But then we also watched a video of some lady putting, she took notebook paper, guys, lined notebook paper. Didn't even take the little, you know, the edge pieces off where it's shredded up when you rip it out of the, the spiral notebook. No, no. She wrapped it up in a gift bag, like, you know, she made the paper into gift wrapping paper. Yes. And then wrote 
like mystery. You wrote okay. the question mark. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're getting ahead of ourselves. This isn't you did see that video, I'm not gonna lie. I did see but that. this isn't this isn't what I'm into. Okay. These people go out, go to the store and buy like, you know those mystery toys? Like you can it seems like that mystery toys are a huge trend right now. Like with kids. This is weird stuff, guys. Okay, I gotta so, be honest with so you. So people go out and they will buy mystery toys. They have those like mini brands where it comes in a big ball and you open it and it's a bunch of like miniature foods. Or I bought this one dime. My it's like sister's a- obsessed with that. Okay, it's a, it's a trend. So instead of buying it and just having the joy of opening it for yourself and seeing what's inside, they record it. So you're opening it, you're recording yourself opening it, and then you post it on TikTok. And hundreds of thousands of people love to just sit and watch people open mystery toys to see what's inside. And I am one of those hundred and thousands of people or whatever. I don't understand. I don't know. I find so much joy in watching people unwrap mystery things to find out what is inside of them. And this is a business, okay? Because some people are literally profiting. I think I need to start doing this. Some people are literally profiting off of having a TikTok account solely that goes out, buys toys, and opens them. But so many people like watching this happen that they're getting hundreds of thousands of followers, meaning they're getting paid by TikTok to do this. That's crazy. They're literally getting revenue because of the amount of views and shares that they're getting because people like me who are weird like watching people open open stuff to see what's inside. I love it. We want to know, do you do you like watching people unbox stuff? To me, it's like Christmas. It's amazing. I couldn't wait till it to be my turn, right? Okay, so would it bother you too much cuz you'd be the you'd want to be the one opening it? Is that it what would, the problem is? I think it would is? make me a little angsty. I love it. And you know what? It's like I like watching I the kids' toys, and it's so weird. I know. I'm 26, and I don't even—I I have to stop myself from buying this myself because I know once I open it, it's just going to sit in my apartment and take up space. It's its a waste of money and a waste of time. We've, but, we've spent several uh, grown-up grocery excursions. In on, the mystery uh, toy aisle. Yes, de- debating on whether or not uh, this is a smart move to get this right Usually now. he tells me no. We walk past the aisle and I said, should we? And he says, keep walking. And I say, that's fair. But when you have, when you have a TikTok account that's getting paid to go out and buy that stuff, then heck yeah, you're going to go out and get it. Okay. Okay. So but maybe the, you should then. Huh? Okay. Remember the one day when I went on the rant about the smell of McDonald's toys? Plastic. I did that on here, right? Yes. I did this on. Okay. Yes. It's the same <laughs> high I feel of the crinkle of the t- the unwrapping. They're unwrapping oh, the uh, the toy to see what's inside. Can I confess? Yes. That sound is equally as like just I loathe that sound like I loathe the sound of people eating chips. Who are you? I know I must be crazy. I want to know: Am I weird or is Josh weird? Like, or maybe we're just both two different weirds. Or maybe we're just uh, so crazy. It is a might work. A little master of disguise uh, reference for you there. So, yeah, that's unboxing TikTok. I'm here to admit it. I'm proud of it. I am who I am. If you haven't, go on TikTok, TikTok and just look up the hashtag unboxing or mystery toy. You will go down a rabbit hole that you didn't want to go down. Let us know how that experience was for you. I'm curious. I want to know how that experience went down for you all. Josh may judge you a little bit, but I will not. I will support you. I will tell you here now and then I will not judge a single soul. I'm here for gaining insight. Simply insight. That's all I want. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, (laughs) hashtag unboxing TikTok. Brooklyn, this was a great show today. I agree. I think we uh, had a lot of good topics to discuss. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that being said, should we tell people how to find us? Uh, Yeah. You know what? Hey, same place, same location. Facebook. Josh Willie Williams and on Twitter at Josh 
RW underscore Williams. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Radio Brooklyn. If you find me on TikTok, you might just find an unboxing video next time. You never know. <laughs> I'm going to the store after I'm done recording this. Who knows what I'll stumble across. Oh, and then, boy. of course, we've got the Gronish pages at Gronish Podcast on Twitter, Gronish Podcast on Facebook as well. And you can email us, Podcast at gmail.com. You stay classy, San Diego. Stay Gronish. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.